Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio, and this is day 983 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday's trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer questions that you might like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to go back and ask dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. Today is our 14th episode in our series delving into what makes each of us respond differently to life situations and circumstances. Understanding ourselves and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This empathy can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. If you have missed any of the past 13 Friday series, I would recommend going back to listen to them and read the wisdom journals. As a review, the tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Ennea refers to nine and Gram refers to a drawing. Check out today's or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I have also included in today's wisdom journal a copy of the Enneagram at a Glance, which was compiled by Suzanne H. Eller. If you'd like a PDF copy, click on the link in today's Wisdom Journal located on our website at wisdom-trek.com. I would also recommend a book called The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about the Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. The first seven episodes in this series, we explored how the Enneagram system works and then presented an overview of all nine personality types. Since then, we have taken a deep dive into the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, and the loyalist. This week, we'll explore type number seven, which is the enthusiast. And next week, we will focus on type number eight, the challenger. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would recommend reading the Wisdom Journal each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, keep in mind though, it is still only a tool and cannot replace nor usurp the precepts that are found in God's Word. We are responsible for all the decisions and actions that we make in life, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So the question for the next several months will be, Hey Gramps, why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So today, we're going to look at the Enneagram system, type number seven, the enthusiast. The enthusiast is busy, a variety-seeking type. They're spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, but can also be scattered. Type seven, the enthusiast in brief. Sevens are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. They're playful, high-spirited, and practical, but they can also misapply their many talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but they can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. They typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. At their best, though, 
they focus their talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. A Type 7's basic fear is of being deprived and in pain. Their basic desire is to be satisfied and content, to have their needs fulfilled. The Enneagram 7 with a 6 wing is the entertainer. An Enneagram 7 with an 8 wing is the realist. The key motivations for a Type 7 are they want to maintain their freedom and happiness, to avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences, to keep themselves excited and occupied, to avoid and discharge pain. The meaning of the arrows in brief. When moving in the direction of disintegration or stress, scattered sevens suddenly become perfectionists and critical like unhealthy ones. However, when moving in the direction of integration or growth, even gluttonous and scattered sevens become more focused and fascinated with life, like healthy fives. So let's look at a type seven overview. We have named this personality type the enthusiast because sevens are enthusiastic about almost anything that catches their attention. They approach life with curiosity, optimism, and a sense of adventure, like a kid in a candy store who looks at the world in wide-eyed, wrapped appreciation for all the good things they are about to experience. They are bold and vivacious, pursuing what they want in life with cheerful determination. They have the quality best described in the Yiddish word shushba, a kind of brash nervousness. Although sevens are in the thinking center, this is not immediately apparent because they tend to be extremely practical and engaged in a multitude of projects at any given time. Their thinking is anticipatory. They foresee events and generate ideas on the fly favoring activities that stimulate their minds, which in turn generate more things to do and to think about. Sevens are not necessarily intellectual or studious by any standard definition, although they are often intelligent and can be widely read and highly verbal. Their minds move rapidly from one idea to the next, making sevens gifted at brainstorming and synthesizing information. Sevens are exhilarated by the rush of ideas and by the pleasures of being spontaneous, preferring broad overviews and the excitement of the initial stages of a creative process instead of probing into a single topic in depth. As an example, Devon, a successful businesswoman, shares with us some of the inner workings of her seven mindset. I am definitely a list person. It's not really for memory though, since I have a great memory. It's more for downloading information so that my mind won't spin on it. For example, I was at a concert where the tickets were hard to get and very expensive, but I just couldn't sit through it. My mind was torturing me with things that I needed to do. Finally, I had to get up and leave. This was very upsetting for the person I went with, and I missed a good show. Sevens are frequently endowed with quick, agile minds and can be exceptionally fast learners. This is true of both their ability to absorb information such as language, facts, and procedures, and their ability to learn new manual skills. They tend to have excellent mind-body coordination and manual dexterity, such as typewriting, piano playing, tennis, or construction jobs. All of this can be combined to make a seven into the quintessential Renaissance person. Ironically, seven's wide-ranging curiosity and the ability to learn quickly can also create problems for them. Because they are able to pick up many different skills with relative ease, it becomes more difficult for them to decide what to do for themselves. As a result, they do not always value their abilities as they would if they had to struggle to gain them. 
When sevens are more balanced, however, their versatility, curiosity, and ability to learn can lead them to extraordinary achievements. The root of their problems is common to all the types in the thinking center. They are out of touch with their inner guidance and in support of their essential natures. As with fives and sixes, this creates deep anxiety in sevens. They do not feel as if they know what to do and how to make choices that will be beneficial for themselves and others. Sevens cope with this anxiety in two ways. First, they try to keep their minds busy all of the time. As long as sevens can keep their minds occupied, especially with project and positive ideas for the future, they can, to some extent, keep anxiety and negative feelings out of their conscious awareness. Likewise, since their thinking is stimulated by activities, sevens are compelled to stay on the go, moving from one experience to the next, searching for more stimulation. This is not to say that sevens are spinning their wheels. They generally enjoy being practical and getting things done. For an example, Francis, a successful business consultant, sounds more energetic than humanly possible, and yet he is a typical seven. He says, I am highly, highly productive. At the office, I am joyful and my mind is running at its best. I might create several marketing campaigns for a client, work on the outline for the upcoming seminar, talk out a difficult problem with a client on the telephone, close two deals, make a project list, dictate a few letters and look up to see that it's only 9.30 a.m. and my assistant is coming in to start our work for the day. Second, sevens cope with their loss of essential guidance by using a trial and error method. They try everything to make sure they know what is best. On a very deep level, sevens do not feel that they can find what they really want in life. They therefore tend to try everything and ultimately may even resort to anything as a substitute for what they are really looking for. They might think, if I can't have what really satisfy me, I will enjoy myself anyway. I'll have all kinds of experiences. That way I do not feel bad about not getting what I really want. We can see this action in even the most trivial areas of their daily lives. Unable to decide on what he really wants, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry ice cream, a seven wants all three flavors, just to be sure that he doesn't miss out on what is the right choice. Having two weeks for a vacation and a desire to visit Europe brings a similar quandary. What countries and cities to visit? What sights to see? The seventh way of dealing with this will be to cram as many different countries, cities, and attractions into his vacation as possible. While they are scrambling after exciting experiences, the real objective of their heart's desire, their personal rosebud as it were, may be so deeply buried in their unconscious that they never really are aware of precisely what it is. Furthermore, as sevens speed up their pursuit of whatever seems to offer freedom and satisfaction, they tend to make worse choices, and they are less able to be satisfied because everything is experienced indirectly, through the dense filter of their fast-paced mental activity. The result is that sevens end up anxious, frustrated, and enraged, with fewer resources available to them physically, emotionally, or financially. They may end up ruining their health, their relationships, and their finances in search of happiness. On the positive side, however, sevens are extremely optimistic people, exuberant and upbeat. They are endowed with the abundant vitality and desire to fully participate in their lives each day. They are naturally cheerful and good-humored, not taking themselves too seriously or anything else for that matter. As we have seen, the basic desires of the seven is to be satisfied, happy, and fulfilled, 
and when they are balanced within themselves, their joy and enthusiasm for life naturally affects everyone around them. They remind us of the pure pleasure of existence, the greatest gift of all. Now let's look at the seven's levels of development. And remember, we have three basic categories and then three levels within each category. In the healthy category, at level one, when a seven is at their best, they're simulating experiences in depth, making them deeply grateful and appreciative for what they do have. They become awed by the simple wonders of life, joyous and ecstatic, intimations of spiritual reality, of the boundless goodness of life. As they move to level two, they're still highly responsive, excitable, and enthusiastic about the sensation of experiences. They're the most extroverted type. Stimuli brings immediate response. They find everything invigorating. Lively, vivacious, eager, spontaneous, resilient, and cheerful. As they move to level three, they easily become accomplished achievers. Generalists who do many different things well. Multi-talented. They're practical, productive, usually prolific, cross-fertilizing areas of interest. As they move into the average category at level four, a restlessness increases. They want to have more options and choices available to them. They are adventurous and worldly wise, but less focused, constantly seeking new things and experiences. The sophisticated connoisseur and consumer. Money, variety, and keeping up with the latest trends are important. As they move to level five, they are unable to discriminate on what they really need and they become hyperactive, unable to say no to themselves, throwing self into constant activity. Uninhibited, doing and saying whatever comes to their mind. They are storytelling, flamboyant exaggerations, witty wisecracking and performing. They fear becoming bored. They're in perpetual motion but do too many things. Many ideas but little follow through. As they move to level six, they get into conscious consumption of all forms of excess, self-centered, materialistic, and greedy, never feeling that they have enough. They may become demanding and pushing, yet unsatisfied and jaded. They become addictive, hardened, and insensitive. As they move onward into the unhealthy category at level seven, they're desperate to quell their anxieties. They can become impulsive and infantile. They do not know when to stop. Addictions of excesses take their toll, debauched, depraved, dissipated escapist, offensive and abusive. As they migrate to level eight, in flight of self, they're acting out of impulses rather than dealing with anxieties or frustrations. They go out of control, into erratic mood swings and compulsive actions or manias. As they reach the lowest level, level nine, finally, their energy and health are completely expanded becoming claustrophobic and panic-stricken, often giving up on themselves and life, deep in depression and despair, self-destructive overdoses, impulsive suicide, and this generally corresponds with bipolar disorder and hysteronic personality disorder. But next, let's look at some of the personal growth recommendations for Enneagram Type 7 C enthusiasts. Recognize your impulsiveness and get in the habit of observing your impulses rather than giving in to them. This means letting most of your impulses pass and becoming a better judge of which ones are worth acting on. The more you can resist acting out your impulses, the more you will be able to focus on what is really good. You must also learn to listen to other people. They are often interesting and you may learn things that will open new doors for you. Also learn to appreciate silence and solitude. You do not have to distract yourself 
or protect yourself from anxiety with constant noise from the television or the stereo. By learning to live with less external stimulation, you will learn to trust yourself. You will be happier than you expect because you will be satisfied with whatever you're doing, even if it is less than what you have been doing. You do not need to have everything at this very moment. That tempting new acquisition will most likely still be available tomorrow. This is certainly true of food, alcohol, and other common gratifications, such as the ice cream cone that we spoke about. Most good opportunities will come back again, and you will be in a better position to discern which opportunities really are the best for you. Always choose quality over quantity, especially in your experiences. The ability to have experiences of quality can be learned only by giving your full attention to the experiences that you're having now. If you keep anticipating future experiences, you will keep on missing the present ones and undermine the possibilities of ever really being satisfied. Make sure what you really want will be good for you in the long run. As the saying goes, watch what you pray for, since your prayers may be answered. In the same vein, think about the long-term consequences of what you want since you may get it, only to find that it becomes another disappointed or even a source of unhappiness. That will conclude our focus on personality type number seven, the enthusiast. A word of encouragement from God's word for those of you who are an Enneagram type number seven. And this comes from Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I would encourage you to join us again next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. We will specifically explore in-depth Enneagram number 8, The Challenger. The information that we will explore will allow you to unlock who you are as we travel through this trek of life and discover more about yourself and others as you impact God's kingdom. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living that rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek creating a legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 982 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal each day. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to... Keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.